Among the ruins of Anuradhapura, the ancient capital of Sri Lanka, there rests alone on a pedestal above the grass a seated image of the Buddha in stone, slightly larger than life. The statue is conventional, probably more than a thousand years old, of a type found throughout Buddhist Asia. The legs are folded in meditation, the hands laid one upon the other in the lap. Buddhists hold that it was in this posture, seated beneath a tree more than twenty-five hundred years ago, that the Buddha was awakened, attaining decisive knowledge of the human condition and the unshakable certainty that he was released from its suffering. In its excellence, however, the Anuradhapura image is far from conventional. The back and head are disciplined and upright, but the arms are relaxed and the face reposes in tranquility. The figure seems intelligent and serene, wed perfectly to the unmoving granite. Standing before it, an elderly English socialist told me that in the whole mess of human history, this, at least, the statue and all it stands for, was something of which we could be proud. He said that he had no use for religion, but that he felt he had unknowingly been a follower of the Buddha all along. An intensely private reflection, its disclosure prompted perhaps by the power of the figure. But what is remarkable is that it should be found in so many others. Here, for example, is the anthropologist Claude Lévi-Strauss, by no means a Buddhist, writing in a similar vein. What have I learnt from the masters I have listened to, the philosophers I have read, the societies I have investigated, and that very science in which the West takes such pride? Simply a fragmentary lesson or two which, if laid end to end, would add up to the meditations of the sage at the foot of his tree. This testifies to the fascination the Buddha still holds for us. Is it justified? What does an oriental seer, born in the middle of the first millennium before Christ, among historical circumstances and a culture so different from our own, have to offer such very modern thinkers? This is the first question I have tried to answer, and I have tried to answer it by writing a biography of the Buddha. That this is a reasonable strategy is by no means obvious, for history is full of figures whose significance lies very little in their personal lives and very much in their teachings alone. But the Buddha is peculiar in this regard, for his teaching and his life are intimately and inextricably mingled 